www.thedrive.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email thedrive at espnau.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. A uh, big game day show as we have Auburn, Alabama basketball from Tuscaloosa coming up. Uh, As a matter of fact, the pregame starts immediately uh, as soon as the drive is done over on Wings 94.3. That'll be pregame because a 6.30 tip tonight in Tuscaloosa for Auburn and Alabama. We will talk about that. Uh, Auburn um, adding a very very highly respected addition to the uh, football staff today, not an on-field coach, but a very, very important job, general manager, basically, of personnel, uh, and we will we will talk about that. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll get into the uh, the the Ryan Williams discussion. Uh, talk about Auburn's search for a defensive coordinator. There's a lot going on, and we'd love for you to join in with us. Us being Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover here in the studio with us. Drew at the controls on this Wednesday afternoon. JC, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, hopefully folks that are making the trip over uh, stay safe with the weather. I know there's a line of storms coming right through mm. Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, down to Meridian, all that stuff. So it'll be here in a little while. So hopefully those folks going to Tuscaloosa are safe. But doing good, uh, just in, enjoying uh, enjoying the day and I'm like the uh, the 60 degrees, but I'm unfortunately it's going to be raining the next few days, I believe. And we got to talk about uh, we got to talk a lot of baseball yesterday because it was Hall of Fame uh, ballot day, uh, and baseball season is well, it's know, rapidly it's ra- approaching. Rapidly, three rapid, weeks, yeah, from three now. weeks from Friday. Yeah, we're three on weeks from Friday. We're on third base at this point, as Absolutely. far as how close it is. To, and and there's so explain to me. I'll immediately hijack this and get yeah, to baseball. Yeah, th- third base, and they and they can't practice as a team yet. That's that's right, and and about, although that's coming by the end of the week, Friday, yeah, yeah. Fr- Friday, you know, we'll, we'll have baseball. Um, what what's going on behind the outfield? What's what's that thing that they sort of unveiled on on social media? That is a a student platform area, basically. So dare I call it a party deck? Uh, like uh, that's you could you could call pa- it that. a patio. You could you know? call it yeah. It's going to be a deck. So you know, last yeah, I saw year, the saw the framing of it. Yes, you know, because last year they basically kind of said hey let's let's start this and they put kind of just like gravel area down opened up the fence um now this is going to be a legitimate deck i think it's going to be like composite decking on it and it's going to have some tiers like three different levels and see that's what i that's i was telling dan my 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 idea or what I thought was there's going to be sort of tiers. Yes, there's going to be tier levels. There. Okay. You know, no, I couldn't tell that from the picture it, that I it's saw. It's still going to be bring lawn chairs, all right. that stuff to to seating on it, but it's going to look so the the fence is going to go back to solid. So they're going to solidly make the fence again mm-hmm. this year. And so the the first level will be head high, right? Shoulder high over the fence. So they'll be basically on top Some, of the fence. But somebody, whether it's your fine website or our show, somebody's going to need to send someone into that into that area as a sort of a, a dispatch from the oh yeah from, from the new deck. For well, you, you, well, you know, Andy has said he he wants to broadcast from the uh, from the new left field 
uh, of spot too. Yeah, yeah. As long as there's a net up to protect you, you don't better see from the sun and well, all that yeah, stuff. Or, yeah, or there's somebody there that from, better be yeah. protecting from you. The, if there's from not the, a net. Yeah, from, from the home runs that are yeah. lasering oh, that's over right. the top. I thought you were going to say from the ground. Yeah, which no, also yeah, no, no. I think you'll be okay there. Uh, but no. So this year, because of the construction, um, the turtle, which for folks that aren't baseball savvy, the turtle is what you roll out there when you take batting practice. So the big net that goes around home plate to where you take BP, it's normally in right field, down that right field line, they open up that gate. Well, because of all the construction, they can't do that this year. So they're going to have to roll it out the center field, almost the center field hmm. wall. So eventually the plan is to do the deck all the way to the batter's eye. Wow. Okay. So, so after this year, I think they're going to go all the way to the batter's eye when once they because they this they won't be able to do it this year but three tiers it's going to be overlooking the visitor bullpen this, i mean it's it's going to create a pretty good environment probably 250 300 students maybe since since we're talking baseball anyway i did exchange emails with george earlier today and we're going to try to have uh, butch thompson on before the beginning of the season uh, good. To, to come talk to us, which, which will be a, a good time. Can't can't give details about if it's live, if it's pre-recorded, if it's going to be in studio, on the phone, I don't know any of that. I think it's good. as we get a little bit closer to the start of the season. Might be maybe the week before the season starts or the week uh, the season starts. We're going to have a Coach on to talk about that. Uh, and, and Jason, I, I got to know, you, you remember, I'm thinking you remember Todd Helton as, as a quarterback slash as first a quarterback baseman. and first baseman in Tennessee, and I'm thinking you remember Joe Mauer as a quarterback prospect that people thought might go. Oh, that was not. Oh, he was super one of the regional. top prospects in the nation. Yeah, he he was Minnesota, he right? Was Minnesota. That's where yes. he was from. What, people when thought he, would, people when thought would he, he was going to go to Florida State. And when would he have been in high school? I want to say he was class of '99. Yeah, I was going to say so it was that around, was around around about the time I started. Okay. Todd Helton was already at Tennessee because mm-hmm. him and Peyton Manning overlapped each right. other at Tennessee. Todd Helton, I mean, uh, Joe Mauer would have been right there on that borderline when I started, and which not, is 99. And, and not a regional recruit. Correct. Like I said, you know, would have been a guy. Although not, people, people thought he was going to be Florida State's quarterback of the future yeah, and not chosen baseball Correct. Instead. Not quite the, the same as when you think about other guys that have gone through that that you thought about were, were two-way players and do some. George Lombard was one of those guys yep. I remember that got drafted by the Braves, and there's been some other guys. So, um, But, yeah, talented guy that when you look at it, it, it kind of shows you again the value of playing multiple sports. It oh, re- sure. it, it really does. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, and it's amazing. We're talking about two of the three players that were inducted yesterday. Two of them were quarterbacks uh, to a very you know pretty high level, right? One of them played at Tennessee. The other mm-hmm. one uh, had had his option to play anywhere had he not chosen baseball uh, instead. Um, and it is it's neat as Bill pointed out immediately upon the induction. Uh, Frank Thomas no longer the only SEC baseball player right. uh, in, it, in the Hall of Fame it, as, as as Todd Helton joins it's him. It's only a matter of time before that becomes more – because for a long time, college baseball guys didn't make it to the major leagues very often. You know, very it was a very rare situation. There was U, – USC, Arizona State had some of those guys. Then you had, had some guys, but – they weren't the guys that became superstars in the league. Michigan had a few. Michigan had a few with you know some of those guys. But I'll tell you who's off to a pretty good start. Uh, Pete Alonso. I'll throw him out there as a uh, you know a former SEC player who is I think has started his career the way a Hall of Famer probably would. I'm trying to think who would who would you you start going okay who would the the next possibility be? He, you know I don't know I don't know if there's anybody close. Yeah, I don't know. The, I don't know if there's the, anybody that on the has back had... end of that. Uh, Ole Miss had. Uh, I mean, some of those. Tex, Tex, Tex will Tex will remind me once again that Will Clark should be there. 
Uh, uh, is Walker Bueller off to a Hall of Famer's uh, career uh, beginning? Uh, the injury he, sets him yeah, back. Yeah, he, he, need, he needs to stay healthy for like the, two or three the, straight the pro- years and be the for, best pitcher or one of the best pitchers in baseball. The problem for pitching is is that how do you move the move the mark? I know we're a lot of baseball, but how do you move them? Because it used to be, well, you got to win 300 games. Well, nobody's right. going to win 300 games anymore. You, you, you need to be a 20-game winner multiple times. Yeah, well, you, they, you don't see many of them anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. We, I was talking – I went out to, to baseball – Monday, and I went back today, but me and Butch Thompson were talking and said, look, everything now is back to front. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, hey, give me five innings. That's you're just it. trying you're trying to get to those lockdown guys that you've got and, at the and, end. And it may not even be five innings. Right. You go, hey, if we feel good about you today. you got enough of them. Yeah. And the matchup where we like our matchup guy, lefty bullpen guy against this, let's, let's go him five, six, seven. Do the numbers drop to 200 wins well, and 2,000? I, mean, I, 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 I don't even know. I don't know because, I mean, you look at, like, Tim Hudson. Tim Hudson had 220. So I was looking at that yesterday because people were like, who else is close? And, like, they were talking about – I saw the, uh, Mark Burley. They were talking about him because, well, he pitched a no-hitter in one World Series. Like, okay, is that all it takes? Is it just a few a few games? Is that it? And he won 200 games, but he wasn't as good as Tim Hudson's record. Um, that's the thing – it's going to have to, you have to change the baseball has always been a numbers game. Yeah. It's going to be a numbers game in on offense still, but pitching it has to change because the numbers aren't going to be there from a pitching standpoint. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a really good question. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk some more baseball if we get a chance, but there's so much we want to get to uh, here today. We'll, we'll get to basketball in, in just a little bit after our first break, but I wanted Jason, I wanted you to talk about the, uh, the addition of Will Redmond to the, uh, uh, to, to Hugh Freeze's staff. Yeah, it, it is something that we've seen become more commonplace in college football is, is the NFL kind of mindset in terms of how you do things. And I think the portal has changed it where you have to have a scouting department mm-hmm. now that handles high school recruiting. And you have to have a scouting department that handles portal recruiting because if you're five hours late in, in the portal – you might as well be five years late sometimes because they may have 50 offers already and they may already have set up three visits over with. It's done because it happens that quickly. So you better be ahead of the game. LSU's been pretty darn good at being ahead of the game in the portal the last couple of years when you look at what they've done, who they've oh, gotten. Yeah. I mean, at, at the, well, at the status of the, the shape of their roster when Brian Kelly got there. Yeah, and, and it's not like they went just going, hey, we're going to go sign everybody from the portal, but they got some really good additions that to help them along. This is a guy that – our guy Cooper Batagna at 24-7 was in that role in college, has done some of those things. He's like, look, look, this guy's uh, a superstar. He's a guy that's, that's done great things. Everybody speaks so highly of him. And um, another guy that we know in the business said, look, he's he's awesome. He's going to be a really good fit. Do you have to just – I mean, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Do you have to just – if you're someone in this in this guy's position, do you have to scout everyone – in college football, on the off chance anyone may go into the portal, uh, you could. I think because the other because the other thing would be waiting until they're in the portal before here, you scout them. Here's what, and you, like you said, you might be too late. Here's what you have to have: you have to have at least a general idea of of most everybody that you look at and go, hey, of, of the players. The, yeah, the, yeah, that's right. You you have yeah. to have need, Possi- and, and then you have to have an idea of possibilities. Of who, if they became available. Would you be interested? Yeah, because you, you go. There's obviously <coughs> guarantee. You go, hey, this guy's a no no brainer. The guys you look at are okay. Do we want a a bridge the gap guy? So are we looking for a guy with two or three years that has a little experience? Do we want a one year guy that's moving from maybe a lower level 
to be a one-year guy to try to enhance his, and you know guy that the plug and play guy um is it you know I think all those things you have to figure out and it's a, it's a moving target because you don't know what you need until maybe right now I mean yeah you know so uh, yeah you have to try to scout as many guys as possible that's why that scouting department on, on college campuses has grown tenfold uh in the last decade or so um and you know you're looking to go it's interesting because you know you think it's like an NFL GM basically is the, the the guy that says okay all right boom here's who we're drafting you know sometimes the head coach has that a lot of times it's the GM going hey here it is in colleges the position coach is always the guy that you said hey this is kind of who we want to I, I, I like this guy better I, you know I want to coach this guy you're going to have to work hand in hand and and so I think some of those things are okay who we like best figuring out your board and then the fellas sure. a draft board and, and recruiting it's a hey who's the top of Just our list talent board yeah, yeah. Who's, who's the guy's next you have to imagine what happens when there's a there's a difference of opinion on whether or not a guy can contribute at this level between, correct between a position coach and well a general and manager the, the, and the difference is here you've got more guys you go hey we'll sign a couple of guys so you might each have a guy that you like better and you go hey let's take let's try to get both of them if we can the nfl it's well, we got one shot here. This yeah. is the one guy we don't we, get. We, we get. get to, we don't get another pick for thirty. We you get know. to draft this one right. guy right here, who's who's got the because they always say, hey, it's after the first round, even late in the first round, it's best player available. Who wins that? Who wins that argument? Uh, we we got to have this guy. Oh, but that guy's better. At least in in college, you don't have to have that quite as much. Yeah, so uh, that's that's uh, I think a very important addition here. I mean, as as Hugh Freeze. Um, can have someone that can help him free up a little bit and not have to try to be as responsible. We've talked about it, Jason. I mean, just the, the responsibilities there, the, the roster management, that's where, that's where this has to be a huge, huge help. It is, it is the most difficult part of the job. Um, uh, you know, obviously you look at basketball and, and um, we will get to basketball even more, but that's the most impressive thing to me about this Auburn basketball team right now is the the roster makeup and the fact that these guys to this point have not cared on who gets the glory and who who plays when, who does what. They just want to win the game. Um, in football, that's that's it's the hard part right now because guys go, hey, I want to play right now or I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Can you get everybody to go? I don't care. Just give me a few, a few. Plat- I want to win, and can you get enough of those guys to to make that the core of your roster? You're going to have movement nowadays. It just there's just no way around it. But how how much can you do that? How can you build the roster and and how can you keep it sustainable each year? Is is the biggest goal? Jason Caldwell with us here in our number one of the drive. Love for you to join in. You can give us a call on the drive hotline. Uh, Presented by Skybar, that number, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. We'll get to our first break. Come on in here on the Wednesday Drive. Whether you're a senior golfer. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888 7502 or email the drive at espnau.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell, got Drew at the controls. Love for you to join in. All right, uh, yeah, as we said, quite a few things going on. Not much bigger than the basketball game in Tuscaloosa tonight, Jason. I mean, uh, Auburn has has been the best team in the conference. They've won every ball game by double digits on a, a long winning streak. Alabama just dropped their first conference game the other night up in Knoxville. And this is a huge game for them as they come back home. What a great matchup, though, it is. I mean, it is it is offense. And, and it's not as though Auburn isn't good offensively. But you look at, at, at the strength of Auburn's defense and the depth, as you were talking about a while ago with the Auburn defense, against an Alabama offense that is – you know, uh, when you look at at the statistics, they're they're one of the uh, one of the best offenses in the country. Yeah, t- tonight is is tempo is is one of the first things. Can you control tempo? We saw it last night to perfection. Um, mm-hmm. South Carolina controlled tempo and just physically beat up Kentucky and won that game easily because of they didn't let them get going. That'll be the first thing. Can Auburn control tempo? Auburn wants to run. But you have to be selective when you want to run. Getting this game up and down like a game at the rec center is not what Auburn wants to do for Alabama. That's how they want to play. Um, and then perimeter defense. Saw Tennessee against Alabama the other night going, look, you can do all you want to. If you can beat us in the paint, go right ahead. But we're not going to let you win from the three-point line. That's how Alabama wants to run. That's what they want to do. So Auburn's perimeter defense. So. Denver Jones, Katie Johnson, to me, are maybe the two most important players on the floor tonight for Auburn. And, and can what can they handle, you know, one of the leading scorers in the league and make him uncomfortable? Katie Johnson usually makes people uncomfortable. Uh, that's um, true. Can you do that without sending him to the free throw line? Because yeah. that is the key. They'll get to the free throw line a bunch. And that uh, yeah, that's my big my biggest concern uh, is watch you know how the ball game is called cause, tonight because somebody jokingly said and it's pretty true said you know Broom already has two fouls and his third one will be when he steps off the bus to to head there that's been the case for Auburn the last few years with the bigs and when they go to Tuscaloosa has been foul trouble and can you avoid the the fifty five foot foul where you're way away from the basket has no impact on the play. Mm-hmm. Those are the fouls you have to avoid tonight. I wonder if it impacts how much Bruce wants him to press. Like if you, if you if you decide you know this is a hostile territory against a talented team, especially at guard, like may, maybe maybe you throttle back on the press as much as you as you would depending on you know and, and it matters game situation and things too. The no, the number that stands out to me, Bama's scoring. This is it's all season long, not just conference play. Bama's scoring right around ninety a game. Auburn's allowing right around sixty five. Like who's gonna win the battle? Yeah, of who's wills? gonna come closer to their average? Who decide? Yeah, who decides? I mean, if this game's and and regardless of how Auburn scores, right? Like if the, if Bama's if Bama's in the sixty to seventy five range tonight, you feel like the game was probably yeah. Played. If they're in the eighty something yeah. range, correct? It's it's, it's, it's eighty it's and above. Tough. Auburn's chances go dramatically down, in my opinion. Even though Auburn can score that many points, mm-hmm. I don't think that's where you want to live on the road in Tuscaloosa. Like, if, if all I told you about tonight's game was that Bama finishes with 68 points. I think Auburn wins. Correct. I think so, too. Like, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's about, I, yeah, it's I, number I, somewhere in the 70s. I don't feel like. Probably maybe 78, 79. Where I, it's like I, I, yeah, I don't feel like Alabama defensively is a team that's going to hold you to less than 70. Now, you might have a terrible shooting night, and that might be possible. They haven't been that team to this point. 
you have done that to other teams defensively. That's it. I think that I think seventy probably seventy three, seventy four would be my threshold going, okay, anything more than that, then it starts to become maybe a different game if you start to get over that seventy five point mark. Yeah, I I, I agree. That's uh I, I exactly the way I feel about it up there. I mean, Auburn should have the advantage inside, but again, they can't afford they can't afford you know the foul trouble. Yeah, I think you know you look and and you know so far early in the season, Broom and Dylan Cardwell had issues. They've been much better at that lately. Yep, I've been playing better. Uh, Alabama doesn't have a big physical post presence. That's normally the guy that gives Broom problems. Is a guy that's a physical guy that that wants to kind of back you down and do some of those things. Um, so I, I you know it should be a good matchup. But again, to me it it comes down to. Does Alabama get rolling and start to build confidence shooting threes? Because if they do that, then that's a team that beats anybody in the country if they have the one of those nights. The other thing is, is that Auburn's played a good schedule. Alabama has played maybe the best schedule in the country in terms of non-conference. I mean, they they have been absolutely tested. They got some losses. There's a reason why though they're still on one of those top four lines yeah. because they have played some really good teams. So they're going to be – they'll be prepared and ready to go for sure. And and uh, uh, and Auburn hasn't uh, – you know, you had thought you – know, we thought going in that the, the trip to Fayetteville, uh, you know, that that's a very, yep. very difficult place to go and win. But Arkansas is just not – they're no, not playing very well no, right no, now. No, thought Indiana. Um, okay. Um, you know, App State was a difficult place. Oh, and it they, was. And they didn't play very well. And they played really good since then. A&M's a team that – is capable, but you had them at home, Ole Miss at home. Yeah, that's what um, I'm just thinking about on the road. Correct, I mean, this correct. is this is this, by, is this is going to be a different animal. Other than other than Knoxville, this is as difficult a game, in my opinion, as Auburn will play this season tonight. Um, get Kentucky at home, right? I, I, you know, it's they're good, but from an environment standpoint, now there'll be four thousand Auburn fans there, in my opinion, but there's still going to be a tough environment. So yeah, I think this is as difficult a game. It's right there with as difficult a game as Auburn plays all season. And the other thing, I mean, uh, it's it's hard hard to uh, uh, just think that it's going to completely go away. Auburn has been so good at protecting the ball, Jason. I mean, that's the thing. Auburn has been a team that creates turnovers. They don't usually give up the ball yeah, that easy. Yeah, this one, you know, Aiden Holloway, you can't get caught up in an environment. That's This is one tonight where you go, hey, don't try to go play their game play what we're supposed to do. And and Trey does a little bit of that too with, with, with some passes and air stuff, but he does a, a better job of kind of controlling the flow a little bit. Flow is is one of the keys tonight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Aiden's a guy that can go, hey, he might have 25 tonight, and he could. Um, but I think the key, you're right, is you can't give up those um, fast break points off turnovers. All those, those are the plays that get you beat on the road. 334-321-1390. Love for you to join in. Any of your thoughts, uh, questions, comments about anything going on. Basketball tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll, talk, uh, we'll talk some more football. We'll talk a little uh, recruiting. And um, Auburn looking to fill out the remainder of the coaching staff as well as we continue here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. 
334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 28 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Dan joined by Jason Caldwell from Auburn Undercover. It's, uh, I know folks, Jason, um, folks may think, well, it's, it's just basketball now. We're getting ready for, ba- <laughs> for getting ready for baseball. There, there's still so much going on. <laughs> I told you a little while ago, and I mentioned this to Dan, I thought I was keeping up with some things while I was gone. I, I, I didn't realize that uh, Donovan Kaufman and Cam Riley had gone into the portal. Yeah, it, it is a, it's a never ending news cycle. It, it, it's a never end. It, it really is. Um, there's never a day where you go, I'm going to take a deep breath. There's just not one of those days anymore, um, which is good for business. Um, but it makes it, it makes it a challenge. And like I said, these coaches, everything going on, you're right. Um, uh, you know, and, and you know, when, when things like that happen, people go and, and you had the same question go, okay, where are they now? And I'm like, they're still here. Yeah. With, to me, it doesn't. I understand the need to go, I'm going to go find another home. But also, if you can't go until after spring, then I don't understand why you would make that move because you're not going to be practicing. Yeah, you pretty school. much eliminated yourself from practicing and working out. Yes, correct. At least so, under the athletic auspices. Yes, so, uh, yeah, but, uh, so we'll see. I think NC State visit for both those guys coming uh-huh. up. I'd heard Florida State at one point. I figured UCF for Cam Riley may be a possibility, but – it's not a move that they're not going to be able to make until after spring right. practices now when that 15-day window opens up. Um, I guess you could commit and go ahead and say, yeah, oh, I that's where I'm so. going. But, um, go hang out on weekends and watch you know, watch practice what, yeah, or something. Go, I don't go, know. Yeah, yeah, but, um, but, yeah, you got that going on. Obviously, lots of questions about football and uh, well, football staff stuff. Yeah, football staff and <clears throat> recruiting-wise, I mean, there is there is like one target. Correct. That's it. Um Demetri Nicholas still not sure what's going on with him. Maybe a possibility that he still signs. He hasn't done anything else. Um, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, Ryan Williams is the talk. Um, I thought last week at this time that probably this thing changed and opened up the door for a lot of other programs mm-hmm. when Nick Saban retired. Make a visit to Tuscaloosa. And I'm guessing they made it known how much he is needed Right away. Yeah, The now the news that came out last night about his visit being canceled to Texas, initially I saw, wow, that's great news. Uh, well, it's, it's, not, it's not great news for Texas. I don't know that it is uh, necessarily great news. When, when someone leaves a visit and cancels another visit, that's usually good news for the place he just, just visited. visited. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's gone back to now being a two-team race. Um, I thought it would open the door for Texas, maybe a Georgia. That would be the thing. Does, is there a visit to Georgia coming instead of Texas hmm. is the thing I wonder. Because people have now assumed, well, that means it's Alabama. You know, Javaris Robinson is now yes, in Georgia. Um, that's the one that we always thought would be the, the, the one that, that, hey, better watch out for them. We'll see if that's what happens this weekend. The question, and, and, and I've said people keep asking me, and I've given them the same answer. If Ryan Williams makes it here next weekend on a visit, then Auburn's going to have a shot. That's as far as we know. That's mm-hmm. as much as we know. If he comes here, 
they're going to be right there to the end. Still, still a February ninth date. Yes, yeah. yeah, So, so yeah. visit visit here February third. Then we'll do it that next week. Um, birthday announcement. So that'll be the thing. If he makes it in, then Auburn has a shot. If he doesn't, even though he's visited a bunch, then I think that'll be the sign. We'll talk about uh, the uh, coaching opening briefly, but let's get to the drive hotline sponsored by Skybar. And Spectre is up. Hey, Spectre. Hey, Spectre. Hey, guys. Uh, listen, I had talked shortly with the uh, Jacob and Uncle T-Bone. Uh, Jason, I-, I want to get your opinion on this. I've noticed something that's carried over from last year's basketball team, that uh, Auburn has a tendency, not in all games, but in some games, especially the big ones, that they seem to start collapsing at the five-minute mark of the second half. Yeah, they've they've done that, but it's usually when they're up thirty, and so yeah. um, that that it and and I agree. There's you'd like to see them finish it off and win by forty five, but it's hard to to keep that intensity when you're up twenty five plus, and, and that's where they've been. Uh, LSU, um, really LSU and Ole Miss were the the two that really jumped out a little bit in in kind of that regard. Well, um, Vandy, Vandy was a game that Auburn had a kind of yeah, a little but, more comfortable, it, and he didn't. Yeah, yeah and it's and been, I, been kind of same thing. But you're right, yeah, they, it is. It's been a disturbing thing, and I'm sure Bruce Pearl has harped on it a whole lot of those for those guys going, "Hey, look, you can't do that because it's going to cost you when you're only up 12." Mm-hmm. Yeah, if a game yeah, comes, seen, oh, now, go ahead, Specter. Yeah, I have seen some games. It's not all games that we're up by 30 points, but it's been close games that we've kind of started collapsing in the second half and had to really scratch back to win. Well, the thing is not – I mean, lately, uh, Auburn's won every one of its games by double figures, but you've seen those 20-point leads come down to around single digits and then then have them stretch and them back. a and A&M was the closest game Auburn's played. Yes, that was an 11-point final. And, right? that, and that was yeah. a game where A&M was leading with about nine minutes yep. left and Auburn fought back. I, w- I will say that if, if Auburn has a game in the next couple of weeks where they are leading by what seems like a comfortable margin – with 15 minutes left or with 10 minutes left, and they end up losing that game, there were probably some warning signs in some of Auburn's wins over the last couple of games. I actually thought LSU played its best basketball of the game down 28 and started actually hitting some shots and making some of the plays that they needed to make earlier in the game against Auburn's aggressive defense, the extra pass, and and, well, and, and the, big, the big difference was the shots, seemingly, shots started going in for LSU when they went on a run to turn a 28-point lead into a 9-point lead. Uh, but, no, I agree, Spectre. I think that if – you know, we'll, we'll see what happens if the lead is closer to 6 or 8 or 10 yeah. rather than 20 or 30 if Auburn still eases up and it's something about the plan or if the game situation has really led to a lot of what we've seen. Yeah, like, like I said, I, it's a carryover from last year. It's not just this year I'm concerned about. You know I expect Auburn to. I expect Auburn to win tonight, and I expect it to be big. But if it isn't, uh, that concern that I just brought up is looming. Well, I if they, I, win, I wish, I wish, if, I felt I, confident if, that if, Auburn if, was going to win and win they, big tonight. If they win big tonight, then they they can beat anybody. Then, then this is a team I, that, unless something changes, yeah. If you go to Tuscaloosa and win big, 
then then this is a team that you, you go, should okay, win you, the SEC you're gonna, regular. You're going to start to think about penciling them in maybe on the top line. Before Vegas Vegas has Auburn as a four point underdog tonight, depending and it, on where and you it has around. it has it has gradually up. grown. It's crept up a little bit. I, I yep. would say that if Auburn wins convincingly tonight. I don't know how many more times they're going to be an underdog this season right. with with the way they're playing. I, I think that a win alone, you know, I, I expect. I think this game is going to be close in the final couple of minutes. Um, uh, if if it is, you're Auburn. You're you're on the road. Uh, you're the underdog. Uh, at least in the eyes of hey, Vegas, you're the underdog. You're not it, the underdog it, in the it, rankings. If Auburn were able to win a game like that, I think that would be great for them because they haven't had many games. Where the game's been on the line the last be, couple of minutes, you know, as, as yeah, as great as a comfortable win would be, it would. I think Bruce Pearl would think it would be really valuable experience for this team to play a one possession game in the final couple of minutes in an environment like the one they have tonight, win or lose. Right, that will be valuable experience because you're going to play teams as good as Alabama down the line in the SEC uh, in the regular season and and uh, in, in the postseason as well. Okay, I got to go, guys. Appreciate the call, Spectre. Uh, bye, Spectre. 334-321-1390. Yep. Um, uh, it, it's just been tough. It has been tough up there. Uh, yeah, and, and I think people don't need to just look at Alabama's record. I think a lot of folks are just looking at the last game. Yeah, and, or, going, well, or, you know, or, Alabama got, got embarrassed yeah. by Tennessee. Yeah. They don't have a chance. Yeah. Uh, and Kentucky got embarrassed last night by South Carolina. I mean, it can happen on it, the road. It is hard to win on the road. You look at, at when I mean, you play a good team can, on the road, I mean, Kansas, it can be really, Kansas really tough. Just lost at West Virginia. Um, I mean, like on and you look at it, and it is it is a difficult situation to go on the road and win, especially against a rival, mm-hmm. especially against one who realizes, you know what? Hey, this is an they op- need Alabama needs opportunity this, this game win. for you. If yeah. you want to have a chance, you can't you can't lose at home. To a team, you got to turn around and come down to in two weeks and play on the road and 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 know how difficult that's going to be. Yeah, this is this is a a very difficult environment. Tournament metrics have Bama top five in strength of schedule uh, right now. You know, I think Lenardi right now doesn't have them. I think he's got them in, uh, after the Tennessee loss, closer to the five or six line. This is a needle moving win potentially for Alabama. There's the chance they have to to really improve their tournament resume on top of the fact on top of everything else. Iron Bowl of basketball, uh, football team being recognized. Jason, we've been we've been raising the possibility maybe a Nick Saban cameo tonight uh, with the football team. Uh, you know, getting the SEC championship and Iron Bowl uh, recognition. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I would think that maybe maybe he makes I mean, an. He's appearance. still there. He can just walk across the street from the stadium. Yeah, exactly. He's got an office. So uh, so yeah, I think this is a uh, uh, this is a, this is a really big game for both teams. Let's get one more call before we get to our final break of hour number one. Jerry is next. Hey, Jerry. Jerry. Hey guys, uh, glad y'all are back. Oh, it's good to be back. Yeah, good to hear from you. Yeah, um, I got one main question: Is uh, Holloway and uh, Donaldson going to be covering Sears? I, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, the two guys you mentioned a while ago, Denver Jones and KD. Yeah, I, I think they would uh-huh. go for for those guys on Sears more. Now they'll switch and do some things. I would, I believe you would put your best two. Best two defenders as a kind of a tag team on him. Well, that sounds good to me. Um, and also, one thing: what are uh, what are our chances of getting Chris uh, Kiffin? Yeah, we have not we have not talked about that opening there at the defensive coordinator position. I'm I'm glad you sort of led into that. Yeah, I, I think 
you know, I, from the get-go, I said, like, I think there's two guys involved. I think it's Chris Kiffin. I think it's DJ Durkin. It, it, from the Twitter world, it feels like it's gone back and forth a little bit. I still think that's the two main guys. As I've said also, I'm not ruling out the possibility that there's a wild card that just mm -hmm. comes out of nowhere, but it still feels like it's one of those two guys leaning back more towards Chris Kiffin maybe right now a little bit. Um, but, I, yeah, I think he's still in the mix. And, you know, it kind of carried over a little bit later for him. I, I would wonder now if, if um, Hugh Freeze was, was uh, expected to be talking with Chris Kiffin yesterday, right? Yeah, I think he's – he has been around, obviously. Uh, right. But, I mean, I would say they've had the opportunity yeah, now. I, 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 you know, I thought it might happen by midweek. Um, now it feels more like a end of the week. And uh -huh. I, the good thing is is that we, we talked about it. There's one one really one guy on the board right now, and it's Ryan Williams. Yeah, and, you're and visiting your defensive some, coordinator is not going to matter to him. You're really visiting some 2025 guys. And in reality, you've got a defensive line coach. You got a linebacker coach, and you got secondary coaches, and you got Charles Kelly as a co DC. Reality, even recruiting those guys, look, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to get after it. We we need you. You can still sell what you want to do. So mm -hmm. I think I do think both of those guys are still in the mix. Great, um, War Eagle. Appreciate the call, Jerry. All right, we will get to our final break of hour number one. Back with more of your phone calls and one more segment with Jason Caldwell here on the Wednesday Drive. At Reynolds Outdoors, they're all about Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment with Jason Caldwell as final segment of hour number one here on this Wednesday. And let's get right back to the drive hotline presented by Skybar and Slack gets us going. Hey, Slack. What's going on, guys? What's up, Slack? I mean, he's going to be a, I mean, he'll be a defensive coordinator. And so he, but I think that's what he would be in it's terms of one of, of his coaching. strengths. Yes. I think he, I think coach from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. I think it would be. Jack linebacker, edge rush kind of mm -hmm. guys. You'd have, you know, uh, Jeremy Garrett to still coach the defensive line itself, and you still have Josh Aldridge at linebacker per se. Yeah, I think it'd be okay. similar to what they've done, you know, last year with Ron Roberts. Okay. All right. I need to call my old buddy up and see if he might be interested in a position to see if he can come on back down here and help us out with that too. Yeah. D4. Yeah, D, well, D would be good. He would know him and um, – no, I think that's that's what he's done. It's a guy that, like at Ole Miss, was you know he had Robert Kimdichi and some of those guys at mm -hmm. Ole Miss in that group, and so I think it would be that's what I would think would be, no matter who it is. I think right now that's what you would be hiring for is a guy that could coach that spot in addition to being a coordinator. Okay, appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. Slack three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Tex is up next. Hey, Tex. Hey, welcome back, Bill. Ah, it's good to be back. Welcome back, Dan. Hey, thanks, Tex. I uh, I ate some incredible food in Lafayette. Uh, that you were down toward my wife's part of the country, just about a forty-five minutes south of there is where she's from. When you get to the water, you got to stop. 
I, that's usually what happens. I usually <laughs> well, you don't have to, but you need to. There's a um, yeah, you need to, or you're going in the water. But she lives down south of there. We, we've so, we've got someone uh, we got we got someone on the team who played at uh, at Lafayette before transferring to Troy, and they told us about Fezzo's, which is a restaurant. You got yep. a couple locations in Lafayette, and I had some we we had some yep. excellent food from uh, from from Fezzo's. Congratulations! That's a great place to go. It's a really cool town. And thanks for pronouncing it the correct way. It's not Lafayette like it is in Alabama. No, no, not at all. So, so uh, a couple things. Jason, uh, and, and I mentioned it on your board. I don't post very much, even though I'm one of the original members to your site. Uh, I really appreciate the baseball preview that you put out before full-team workouts. So I don't know if you talked about that today or not. I mentioned it to Bill. Uh, it's the highlights kind of gets you really excited especially the way butch has been talking about his pitchers yep uh and i'll have more um tomorrow so i'm trying to trying to roll out a little bit every day i don't know if i'll do seven days a week for the next three weeks but i'm going to try to hit um four or five a week of different things leading up to the first game and so i'll have have more tomorrow on on just kind of the overall general feel of the team but uh, to put something up this afternoon on on Tanner Bauman, uh, and r- really interesting to hear Butch Thompson talk about him and saying that look, they they have a questionnaire they give the players when they leave the fall and they go okay you're on your teammates because it helps them figure out their legacy leader group and all that stuff. He's the only player they've ever had to score fives in every category from every player on the roster. That was Tanner Bauman. I read that article and was going to bring that up. I find that uh, it says, and I think Butch said something very similar, it says a lot about the character of the individuals they're bringing up in, not just the baseball skills. Yep, um, so, and, and that's kind of what I'm where I'll go with a little bit tomorrow because now you're bringing in 18 to 20 new players every year, and you're bringing guys in with guys already established and freshmen – and you better be really sure about what you're bringing in, and not just from a talent standpoint, about what you're bringing in from a culture standpoint, all those things. And I think he feels like, hey, this group's done a great job now. You know, will that help you win a bunch of games? Maybe not from a talent standpoint, but it might from a an overall standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yes, I'll have some more tomorrow. And, and I remain I remain very excited about the return of Joseph Gonzalez after the injury-plagued season last year and the decision he made to play another year of college baseball yep. rather than explore the pros. Uh, I, re- I really – I'm rooting for him. Saw him today. And, yeah, what, what, what can he, you tell he, us about He Joseph? was working out. He's thrown to, to live batters two times, I think, which they, they do two or three batters already. So they've already ramped that up well past what they used to. But – I heard velocity is is mid nineties, and for him, is that a great thing or not? They don't know yet because it will it sink as much yeah, if you throw in mid nineties. Right. But um, I think the arm feels good, and so now can you start to kind of dial it in? That'll be the the, the goal for the next three weeks. Well, I tell you, I uh, part of where we tailgate. There's some of the baseball players come around and got to spend a little time talking to him this fall, and he said that he's he's way ahead way ahead of schedule he thought and was feeling very good by the way he's a much bigger individual than you see when you see him on the field yeah he's got big hands oh he is yeah he's a big guy he's six four now he's probably trimmed down a little bit but he's still probably six four two fifteen he's much bigger than you would think he would be yeah and last 
but not least, I know you're running up against a uh, break here. So, Dan, I heard you say something about Alabama be really excited to get this win. Don't you want to have a team at your school that everybody wants to beat and it's the big game on their schedule when you go in oh, because your team's ranked in the top ten? You want to be the gold standard. You want to be, you know, at Beatlemania when you get there. And, and let me add, Tex, this would be a pretty big win for Auburn, too. Yeah. 0-2 in quad one games well, this year. Like I would, I would add. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I would also mention like this is a needle win. This is a needle moving win for whoever gets it uh, with regards to the tournament resume, and and it also influences the SEC standings quite a bit. But not just that, going on the road and getting a really big win as an underdog in your conference, yeah. I think is a huge step. Yeah, road wins and are I much think more the valuable. State game's going to play a lot into this. It has thus far, Tex. Hey, great stuff, man. Good hearing from you. Jason, uh, out of time here. Really appreciate you spending some time with us. As you were saying, I mean, there's a lot going on. We touched on some of those. Just let folks know how they can keep up with everything you guys yeah, got going. Absolutely. You can text out auburnundercover.com, a part of the 24-7 network. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ITATJason. Nathan King on the road in Tuscaloosa tonight. Recruiting portal, baseball, everything. A little softball coming up, I think, this weekend, too. So check it all mm-hmm. out there at auburnundercover.com. Great stuff. Thanks, Jason. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, we're back with our number two. Love for you to join in here on the Wednesday Drive. Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell of Auburn Undercover, who was with us for the entire first hour of the show. Yeah, check out the podcast if you missed any of information, Jason, uh, and, uh, and and the outstanding work he does. We talked some baseball. We talked some men's basketball. We talked some football as uh, as there's going to be you know, some some pretty significant news over the next couple of weeks. Auburn's going to fill that vacancy on its staff. We're uh, assuming that, that they will. I, I, th- I think it's safe to say that at some, uh, at some point so. they, they will hire someone. Uh, and, uh, and Auburn is also waiting to see what happens with Ryan Williams, big recruit, uh, making a decision early next month. Uh, and there's, uh, there's also, what, there's players in the portal. There are... Other dominoes that could fall in the world of college coaching, which well, sure. I mean, if if uh, Jim Harbaugh were to leave Michigan, then all their players would be able to jump in. Especially, I mean, Michigan has two options in um, uh, Moore, Sharon Moore, and uh, Mike Hart. Mm-hmm. They have two internal options that I think people expect to get a a very serious look if Jim Harbaugh. Uh, takes the Chargers job, as, as it sounds more and more likely that he will. If Michigan doesn't promote from within and they go get a different coach, boy, could you see some more turnover around the world of college football, right? We talked about it yesterday. You know, what if Michigan goes and sniffs around Brian Kelly? Or, uh, you know, and, and then what would what would LSU do in that? Like, there's, there's lots of, 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 you know, stuff that could happen. Jason also in the first hour talked about Auburn's new addition to the staff and what uh, what what his position uh, entails and uh, and why it, it sounds like it's a it's a good move for Auburn yeah will Redman uh, hired uh, now I haven't seen an official release from Auburn but it's been reported 
by just about every outlet that covers Auburn. That that uh, Hugh Freeze adding Will Redman, who has been the head of player personnel at LSU for the past couple of years, and given much credit by the folks that are close to that program in helping build the roster that Brian Kelly has coached to 10-win seasons each of the last two years, including the evaluation and uh, the addition of uh, Jaden Daniels this past year. So um, Will Redman, who is a Tennessee grad but has Auburn ties uh, and and uh, has um, received raves. He was named by one service as the top college football executive in the country in 2022. Uh, will be joining Auburn, according to reports, as the general manager of player personnel for Auburn football. Yeah, big addition for an Auburn staff that presumably looks like you know they're going to keep trying to recruit the high school rankings as or keep trying to recruit the high school ranks uh, the, the way they have uh, already uh, in, in Hugh Freeze's tenure, but they're also going to try to uh, add someone who can bolster their scouting of transfers. Like I, I mean, this this is a this is a nice pick. Uh, this is a nice pickup, uh, regardless of sort of what duties are you know that they hold on to for for other coaches and and, and where where this guy. Uh, ultimately ends up. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I believe he'd be responsible for the scouting of high school prospects as well as uh, transfer portal players. And as Jason Caldwell was saying a while ago, if you're a few hours behind a player entering the portal, you may it may be too far behind for you to even have a chance. So, I mean, this is you've got to have a tremendous amount of information that is available and know who's going in, how good are they, do do we need them, do we want them, and you need to know that now for every for every prospect, for every player that might be able to help you who is on anybody else's roster in addition to the players that you're recruiting on the high school and junior college levels. Right, and, and so we're uh... – uh, wait, waiting to see what other news is coming from uh, Auburn football, the portal with, with players that can still – I mean, graduate players, as you guys talked about in the last hour, can go into the portal whenever they want. Players like, we presume, Donovan Kaufman and uh, and uh, Cam Riley are both players who you know did not necessarily go into the portal in the window. Uh, they, they might be opening their recruitment up uh, elsewhere. I'm also – I forgot to ask Jason about this, but we talked about it earlier today, Bill. There's been nothing regarding uh, VAR. I asked him about that. He said okay, okay. He, he has not heard anything either. He said he did hear that he had visited Utah. I had not seen that, but that's the only school that he has seen and said as far as he knows, it's a similar situation to Cam Riley and Donovan Kaufman that um, they're, they're not going through winter workouts or spring practice, but they're still in school. And he said VAR – uh, I believe VAR and Cam Riley, I don't know the situation with Donovan, but VAR and Cam Riley will be graduating at the end of the spring. Okay. So th- they might, I mean, I, you, you, want, you wonder if that spells the fact they're not going through winter workouts or spring practice spells the end of their time in Auburn or if they could be re-recruited. You or would, they want you would to, think that probably does. If, if, they, if they want to come back. But, uh, but yeah, VAR, uh, uh, somebody who, yeah, just thought it was curious. There hadn't been a ton of talk uh, about uh, about where he's going. There. There are other Auburn players who have gone into the portal where we already know uh, their, their new school. Amari Kelly is going to – is that Middle Tennessee 
where Amari Kelly is going. I think I think that's yeah, right. I think so. And then I mentioned earlier today Wilkie Denod uh, choosing a Mississippi State uh, in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks as well. Yeah. So um, I mean things things continue to uh, um, to move Auburn. Still, I mean, st- still no word with the addition of Will Redmond. I mean, still no word yet as to who will be Auburn's next defensive coordinator. But like Jason was saying, we've mentioned this a couple of times as well. There is, it's not critical that you have him. We do know, all right, we know that A Day's April 6th. Do we know when spring football practice gets started? That's one of the things I saw the headline while I was gone that the A Day game had been set for April 6th. And you can usually back up from that. I don't know. Uh, I, I do recall that Hugh Freeze didn't seem to be one who wanted to stretch it out an awful long time. One thing I do not know this year that I always have known by this time of year is when spring break is. Uh, because I won't have to be concerned with that um, this this coming year. But, you know, a lot of times spring football has wrapped around spring break. Um, so I, I'm not quite sure when that is. but. Okay. Auburn spring break is March fourth through the eighth. Okay. This year. See, so they may come back and just start. Uh, they they they, do, they, do may, start, they may just run straight through right after spring break. Do you start spring practice and then take a spring break and then resume? Some places practice? do. I okay. remember last year Hugh Freeze not being a big fan of that, and didn't want to do that. There's some that want to see. All right, we're going to install some things. We want to see how well you retain them when you come back from spring break. So and you, see how well you maintained your uh, your training regimen over the spring if break. If you started spring practice on, on Tuesday, March 12th, mm-hmm. could you wrap it up with A-Day on the yes. 6th? Yes. Do you think that maybe is about? I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way it goes. Okay, because maybe you don't want to start it on the Monday because classes are resuming and players are coming yeah. back. I don't, but I don't or, or, I mean, they could they could have – that could be – that's just a day in – you know, helmets check, and your check in shorts anyway. Okay, you know. but I, I would say that I would think that sometime between the 11th and the 14th or 15th that week. Maybe, oh, I'd maybe say early that week. Early that week, started. yeah, is probably looking like a, a, a likely time. So that's probably, yeah, so that's probably when. So um, what you would like, you'd probably like to have your, you want to have your defensive coordinator in place before the week of spring break. You want to have him in. So, I mean, it's it's not critical. Again, I think it's going to happen here before the end of January. But it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be terrible if, if you didn't have him in place till a week or two in the, February. The uh, 13th of March is seven weeks from today. Okay. So that, that would be, you know, I, I think that Auburn's not under, especially if it's not an active, a really active recruiting role. You know, I, I do think Auburn maybe has some time. To, to fill this, but not a, not a ton of it. And you, you you're also... probably going to have a junior day or two somewhere along in there, though. And I would think I would think you'd want to go ahead and, and get that uh, get that spot. And filled. you don't want it to you don't want to go too slowly and miss a guy that you liked. No, no. I mean, so I mean, again, I haven't heard anything as as Jason was saying. Haven't we haven't heard anything that would indicate it's 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 someone other than the main names that have been mentioned, uh, Chris Kiffin, DJ Durkin, and I don't know if I, I do wonder. If it carries into the weekend, if it might, if it might be less likely that it's Chris Kiffin, I would think Chris Kiffin. Now that um, you know, now that the Texan season is done, and there's been time to not just have you know contact, but actual serious conversations about this, that 
the opportunity would uh, would be laid out there if if he were the uh, target, and they'd expect a response. You'd expect a response within a short period of time, within a matter of days. Huge basketball game tonight, Auburn and Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Auburn coming in as number eight team in the country. Alabama a slight favorite on the books, three and a half to a four, depending on uh, where you, you shop around. Part of a, well, I mean, we had a full midweek slate in the SEC, but the uh, the two games last night, four tonight, LSU and Georgia. That game's going to start before we're off the air. LSU and Georgia getting started at 5. Is that one of the 530 that's games? The, that's the yeah. 530 game on SEC Network. Uh, that is followed by uh, Mississippi State in Gainesville tonight. That's the uh, the 730 game on SEC Network. And uh, the ESPNU game, Arkansas at Ole Miss uh, tonight in the SEC as well. Auburn at Alabama, the ESPN game. That is a 630 game. You can catch it on Wings 94-3. We will have a pregame starting just about a just about forty five minutes or so. We had Andy on yesterday uh, as he was making the drive to Tuscaloosa, and we will uh, yeah we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we encourage you to uh, to check out the broadcast on ES on uh, on Wings ninety four three uh, because we've uh, yeah really really looking forward to that one tonight. Andy and the uh, the crew do a great job. I like I like the six thirty start. Uh, that that's fine. I mean these these the eight o'clock starts are are a little late. Although I'm. Well, I don't have to wake up. Well, it's Saturday, and Saturday a, a nice uh, two thirty in the afternoon road game in uh, in Starkville. Right. So easy one for uh, for folks who want to make that drive, and I imagine some Auburn people mm-hmm. may travel to Starkville. Probably easier to see the team in Starkville than it is uh, here if you don't have season tickets, right? It's probably easier. oh yeah, you're right probably about that. Being able to find tickets, I, I, w- I would think that there are probably pretty cheap tickets available for the Auburn game in Starkville, and uh, and then uh, yet yeah, the, the you know the the second game in the road game Auburn. In Tuscaloosa. And you said they're not coming back, right? Teams, no. Teams the team's just going to stay. Since Starkville's just 90 minutes away from Tuscaloosa, and they're already over there, uh, they're, they're going to go ahead and just uh, drive on over tomorrow, then practice Friday. The, the alternative would be staying in the, – the alternative would be driving back tonight. Right. And then leaving Friday morning for Starkville. And I guess this way it does cut back on three three to five hours on the road, depending on you know what you want to do. But it's a uh, – uh, yeah, this is this is a uh, it's a long it's a long long time away from home, but they're not that far away, and, and I'm sure they're up for it with the uh, road games against Alabama and and, and and state. Oh yeah, hey, we'd love your thoughts on basketball tonight. Anything you want to talk about sports wise uh, here on the Wednesday edition of the Drive, uh, you can do so by calling the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar. That number. 334-321-1390. You can text the show, 334-564-1840 on the Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. Go to your favorite podcasting platform, search for The Drive with Bill Cameron, or go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center, Podcast the Drive, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Hour number two of The Drive, brought to you as usual by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. Don't buy the lie. I'm at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday. About to be evening. Hope everybody doing well. Again, huge basketball game coming up tonight in Tuscaloosa, a place where Auburn, it's, it has not been easy for Auburn to go up there and play well. I believe, uh, I believe Bruce Pearl is 2-6 and six at Coleman Coliseum. Uh, and, you know, Alabama trying to bounce back after they had it handed to them pretty well in Knoxville. But like we were talking a while ago, Dan, I mean, going on the road against a good team, you need to really play well. And Auburn really is coming in. This will be quite, quite the test for the Tigers tonight. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, and it's it's been it's been just amazing to watch these guys. And looking forward to talking to Dylan Cardwell again tomorrow night, who has been such a big part of of this as as they all have, having you know ten eleven guys that are so willing to just get in, play as hard as they can for a few minutes, and know that they're going to get a they're going to get a break. They're going to come back, and everybody's going to get. Almost an equal shot. Just just the thought of, I mean, we've talked about roster management in football. Keeping up and not getting carried away with players who are playing well when they're in the ball game, and still looking at game in and game out at lineups that never have anybody playing 25-plus minutes. I mean, it, it's crazy that they've been able to do this you know, all season long. Also three straight years where uh, one team has swept the single-season uh, matchups. Oh, I hadn't thought about That's that. Right. Three straight Had not years. thought about Alabama, that. Alabama uh, won both matchups in 21. Auburn won both matchups in 22. Alabama won both matchups and, and, last season. And, and Alabama won both matchups en route to winning both the regular and conference tournaments titles okay. each of those those two years that they swept and, Auburn and Auburn got the sweep in 2019 so for the last five years it's about been, that it's been a sweep including by nature of a sweep a road win obviously in, in this series so you know there have there have been a couple of road wins in the series including by uh, Bruce Pearl's team three three four three two one thirteen ninety and we will get to the uh, drive hotline was it uh, Steve hey Steve hey Steve hey how are y'all this afternoon so I'm really glad we're starting up there because, you know, as good as this team has been and as fun as they've been to watch, I don't know how good they are yet. And, you know, we were starting at Mississippi State or starting at Ole Miss. I know we've been to Vanderbilt, even starting at Georgia. I don't know if we might get the best attention having won all these games by, you know, plus double digits and all that. I just think they'll be totally focused tonight because it is Bama and it does mean a little more. Um I just hope we can get through the first 16 minutes without having three guys with three fouls each because um, that seems to happen up there a lot. And, um, and, and, we, and we can overcome the, that stretch where they make five or six threes in a row. Um, but from what I hear, I feel like we're going to have a pretty good crowd of our own people up there. And if, if we play our best and they play their best, we should win the game. I think we're a better basketball team than they are. Um, but I'm, I'm just glad we're starting up there because I think we're going to have a little more attention because, you know, it's kind of easy to get a little lackadaisical school when things are going great. And, I mean, these guys are playing great basketball. I mean, they're a lot of fun. But I think it really, really value, it's valuable for us to start this five-game stretch with Alabama. Well, I, I, I think that's a great point. And one of the things that we've said is, I mean, what, what, a, great, what a great proving ground, what a great test it is. If Auburn can win at Tuscaloosa, if they can win at Alabama – then they can beat anybody in this league, and and they should be, 
the uh, the team is expected to win the the regular season title. Bama hasn't played a close game at home. I mean, you look. Yeah, at they it, have played very well. Bama, at home. Bama and Tuscaloosa. I mean, the, the, the final scores of Bama's games. You go back to the non-conference. They beat Morehead State by, uh, by thirty-two. They beat Indiana State by twenty-two. They beat South Alabama by fifty-six. Uh, you know, they, they beat Mercer by. 21 31 points like the, the, this is i mean and then, and then even in conference south carolina and missouri were both uh were both big runaway wins for alabama as well so i mean this would be a a big step for auburn to go on the road and beat not just anybody but beat a team that has played so well at home you know a consensus uh top 10 top 20 team mm-hmm. and a lot of the metrics and, and a lot of the uh uh, the, the advanced uh, ranking systems so yeah that this is a uh, it, you know when bruce pearl says that this is the the toughest challenge Auburn has faced all season. He's not doing that just to sell a fight. Like he's not, you know, he's not selling wolf tickets to people. I, I think there's a there's a mathematical argument that Auburn is facing its toughest challenge of the year so far uh, tonight. And if they can win, uh, you you wonder how many more challenges all season will be this difficult. Well, I agree with you because I've seen them play a few times, and, and unlike. Some of his other teams, this team, this Alabama team does not play much defense. I mean, you say that about teams that shoot a lot of threes and run the floor, but they really do not play a lot of defense. And, and I, they're not going to see the defense, the 40 minutes of defense that Auburn plays. Um, and I think, you know, our depth and hopefully if, if we can stay out of the, you know, the uh, Tuscaloosa. That's the key. Gotta, that is the we, key, we Steve. Oh, yeah. We ought to go out there and say, listen, we'll give, just give us four, but call it fair. You know, we'll, we'll, go, we'll take four apiece, but don't don't just tack two on us before. What was it last year? Broom had 2,000 the first four minutes and hadn't touched anybody. Um, you know, so you, you know it's coming. And I, I, I bet you a dollar, Bill, it's Jay Will tonight. And he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna step mm. on somebody's toe, and that'll be the first yeah. foul. Um, but you gotta, you got to fight through that, and, and I think they're mature enough to do that. So it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, if we can get out of this. One and one, I think that's great. Get through the weekend. I'd rather beat Alabama, of course. But, um, you know, uh, you can't win a both if you don't win tonight. So, you have a good evening, War Eagle. Great stuff, Steve, and I agree. I, I agree completely. I mean, uh, that, that this one that, this one is huge. It is so big for both for both teams. Um, but I, I think – at least from from the Auburn point of view, I think uh, I think they're really really looking forward, you know, to getting out there and seeing how it goes. Jason talked about you know his his, his big matchup is how does Auburn defend the three point line? Can Alabama uh, get, get uh, favorable looks? Can, can they score from the three pointer uh, the way they have in other games this year? If they can, that can make things really tough on Auburn. I'm curious to see how Alabama protects the paint. How does Alabama keep Auburn's bigs? away from the basket does Alabama how about this uh, you're concerned about calls is Alabama looking to draw charges in this game because that'll get Boy, a, it's so much tougher to do it's now tougher to do it now but but outside uh, of the circle, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see him try they might try it at home you know not, nothing gets a crowd going like an offensive foul on the other team and a turnover so you know I could see Bama looking to do that because uh, you know the way the way Auburn's bigs attack the basket may, maybe they think they can slow them down that way so we'll see uh, what Auburn uh uh, you know what, what it looks like, but these are two. Yeah, I mean, two of the top teams in the league, and and it's going to feel like we said yesterday. It's going to feel like a heavyweight title fight when uh, when when Auburn steps into uh, steps into that arena tonight. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'd love to hear from you. What do you think about the game tonight? Anything else you want to talk about 
sports wise here on the Wednesday Drive. Drew, who you got? Uh, who you got this weekend? Drew. Uh, Ravens forty-nine. Raven, you think the home teams win? Yeah. Home teams winning cover. Yeah. You, uh, you think we get a close game in either of them? Maybe the Ravens. All right. I, I you know, I, I find myself, I'm rooting for Baltimore. Not it's nothing against like it's not a it's not a Kelsey and Taylor Swift backlash thing. I got nothing against. And I like Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I want to see Lamar Jackson win a Super Bowl before his prime is over, and I don't know how long his prime is going to be playing the way he plays. Like I, I like Lamar Jackson. Want to see like would love to see it. You know, go all the way to a Super Bowl. This is his best shot. And then I don't know how anybody if you don't have a dog in the fight, it's got to be Detroit. Like yeah, you, you, absolutely. Got, if you don't have a, if like if you're not if you're not crazy like if you if you don't have allegiance to one of these four teams this weekend, you should be rooting for the Detroit Lions because this is the closest but the first first NFC title game since '91. Um, amazingly, both Detroit and Washington have not been back to the NFC title game. This is the first time Detroit and Washington played in the NFC title game in 1991, and neither team went back to that game until now. Wow, Detroit, with Detroit, I, yeah, that. That is crazy. Well, when you think about Washington's dominance in the mm-hmm. in the in the '80s, right? Oh yeah, and the way the way that team, especially the '80s, early '90s, that they haven't been back. But no, sure enough, this is this is Detroit's return to the NFC title game against a Niners team that's been to just three in a row, I believe, for Shanahan and the and the Forty Niners in the in the NFC title game. So we'll see if uh, uh, if if, if uh, this is if, if this is if the run continues for Detroit. Or Jameer Gibbs, by the way, looks very, very good in just his rookie season. Had the game-winning touchdown against the uh, the Bucks, former Alabama running back uh, Jameer Gibbs, al- already a, a serious uh, impact player uh, in, in the NFL. We'll see if uh, we'll see if the Niners, who have looked like the best team in the league, is that fair to say, Drew? Niners have looked like the best team in the league for most of the year. We'll see if it continues and they can go to the Super Bowl, or if uh, if if Detroit can find a way to. Uh, uh, to sneak into the Super Bowl, what, what a uh, after the Bengals went a couple years ago, another team that I think is associated with being a, a bottom tier franchise for much of its existence. Uh, maybe maybe the Lions can uh, can break in as well and, uh, and and get all the way to the Super Bowl. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Still plenty of time for you to join in here on the Wednesday Drive. Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Wednesday. Well, we talked about Ryan Williams a little earlier. What did Jason Caldwell say? If he makes it to his Auburn visit, Drew, Auburn's the, got a chance. Play the breaking news music. The yeah. yeah. While, while we were about ready to head to break, Ryan Williams announcing on social media he is officially recommitted to Alabama. Not I, And I said it a while ago when we were talking about it. I, I did not think that the cancellation of the Texas visit that soon after his visit to Tuscaloosa was good news for anybody except Alabama. Ryan Williams decommitted from Alabama after the Nick Saban news uh, broke right. a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I believe it was a, it was exactly right now, wasn't it? Wasn't it on a Wednesday? 
Couple I believe of, it was. Couple of weeks I believe ago, it was. We found out about Nick Saban, and now uh, two weeks ago today, and, and now uh, he has uh, recommitted following the Kalen DeBoer uh, hiring and uh, and and learning more about the new coaches at Alabama. But a uh, yeah, big pickup for uh, for Alabama's new head coach Kalen DeBoer to land a player who was the top high school player projected to be the top high school player in the country in the class of 2025 reclassifying and beginning his high school career early, uh, graduating in 24 and recommitting to Alabama minutes ago on social media. Yeah, now uh, there's no question. I mean, uh, Auburn with a with a great receiver class would have loved to have uh, topped it off with Ryan Williams. You remember all the guys trying to get the freeze five? Well, it's the freeze four now, and, and Alabama um, apparently will – Will sign Ryan Williams. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. Now, after doing this, this is um, like 16 days away, isn't that right, uh, from his birthday? Yeah, uh, which is two weeks from this coming Friday. And I would highly doubt that he would be planning on visiting Auburn. I guess Auburn can move on. It'll be interesting to see if there is any movement at all uh, at, at Auburn on what used to be the big signing day of February 7th, or that signing period, which goes through the end of the month. One would think that this ends his recruitment. I would I would think so. I you would know, think Auburn's going to – Auburn will move on. Reaffirming. Uh, and, and if you're Alabama, you probably don't – you probably wouldn't be thrilled about him taking more visits. and No, of course to, not. Continue to be recruited after an announcement like this. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think this, this uh, leaves uh, – so this takes some of the intrigue off the board for – uh, although we didn't expect on signing day, uh, it was the next week, right? Uh, week after. Week okay. We, we February seventh is the first day of the signing. We, we period. didn't expect anything on February seventh necessarily regarding anyone. No, right? no. I mean, there will be a few players around the country that would sign. Uh, Jason mentioned Dimitri Nicholas, who had a defensive lineman who was committed to Auburn for a long time. We had heard that both sides had decided to move in other directions, but don't I don't know. We're not Auburn ex- could use another defensive lineman. We're now. not expecting Auburn to land anyone on February seventh, right? It sounds like No, not not that no, not that we know it of. It sounds like they yeah, mo- mo- a lot of the plans for high schoolers and, and transfers, you know, they'd made elsewhere. But yeah, Ryan Williams recommitting to Alabama within the last hour. Yep. So that is the uh um th- that is big news here uh this afternoon. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety and we'll get to the drive hotline presented by Sky Bar. And Terry is next. Hey, Terry. Hey, Terry. Hey, Bill. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Pretty good. You guys have already answered one question for me, but let me ask you this question. What are the likelihood you think Ryan Williams finishes his career at Alabama? Uh, I don't know. I guess. I guess. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not expecting him to be heading anywhere. I think he will. Uh, I think he's going to get an opportunity to. To get the ball and uh, and be featured early on, and I know that uh, uh, I know everybody will be keeping an eye on. I know Jason has said he's as talented a high school player as he's ever seen. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he plays three years at Alabama and goes pro. Like if I had to guess right now, how his college career? You never know. You know he could decide uh, he could decide to go somewhere else. You know after a year or two years, whatever. Maybe you know things don't work out. Uh, but I I would guess right now that he's he's gonna play a couple of years at Bama and. You know, as, as short, may, look, maybe the rules change and you only have to play two years, you know. But uh, uh, as, as it stands now, I would think that, that he's uh, uh, his next stop after Alabama will be the pros. What do you guys think his father's feeling right now? 
And his father played Auburn. He did. Uh, I, I I don't know. I I had not heard that uh, it was necessarily a a huge orange and blue um, family. Okay. Well, I just 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 was curious. I, I agree with Dan. I think his recruitment is pretty much over now. I mean, okay, let's be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, think so. I mean. Ryan played. Ryan's dad played a year at Auburn at defensive back in 2007. He was actually teammates with uh, Zach Etheridge uh, in, uh, in in 2007, but uh, left the team after that season. I I don't know if he resumed his college football career anywhere else, despite having eligibility. If you do the timeline of when Ryan uh, Jr. is born, it's it's entirely possible that Ryan Williams uh, immediately went to go find work somewhere because he had a he had a he had a child uh, at, at home. But it's a uh, uh, a uh, yeah, I I never yeah I never got the sense that 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 Ryan's uh, Ryan Senior's status as a former Auburn player was heavily influencing yeah uh, no this, did I. Uh, this this recruitment at all. So he was there in two thousand seven. The father was yeah I believe he was a junior college transfer who came to Auburn in two thousand seven was a reserve defensive back on that team and left the team after the season. Okay, so that would have been what under Tuberville's end of Tuberville's career. I guess second to last second to last season of Tuberville. Yeah. Um, now, I, now, I apologize for uh, asking you guys to repeat yourself, but how did the Hall of Fame stuff come out yesterday, Dan, Bill? So, uh, three, three yeah. new members. Uh, um, Adrian Beltre and Joe Maurer voted in on their first ballot, and Todd Helton getting in on the fourth or fifth. I forget. I forget how long Todd Helton had been on the ballot, but uh, but yeah, three players elected. Billy Wagner, probably the biggest surprise, because I think folks thought he was trending uh, towards induction. Uh, he got close, but did not get the seventy-five percent. I would think Billy Wagner is, uh, is is getting in next year. Andrew Jones got close, did not get enough for induction. Sounds like uh, his case is growing, and and you know by by the uh, by the last few years he's eligible. It could. Uh, uh, it, it could become kind of high drama. And then Gary Sheffield did not get in on his final year on the ballot. Tenth and final mm. year for uh, for Gary Sheffield fell about, about 10, 12 percentage points uh, shy of induction. And do you guys remember just how good a high school football player Joe Maurer was? Yeah, he, yeah. Was, uh, he was a super quarterback prospect, no question. We talked about it a little while ago that – uh, Florida State thought was going to come in and and be their next uh, multi-sport athlete. Yeah, I, th- I think he was he was sort of the heir apparent to Chris Winkie, and they had to sort of make they had to make alternate arrangements when Joe Maurer decided to play football or decided to exclusively play baseball instead of uh, instead of football for his hometown Minnesota Twins. So Florida State had that problem a couple of times, hadn't they? I'm trying to think of who who else. Remind me. Well, Charlie, Charlie Ward. Ward. Well, Charlie, yeah, Charlie Ward, but I think it worked out okay for Yeah, I was going to say, State. I was trying to think of other guys that, that Florida State was hoping <laughs> they got, and then they didn't. There's some. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it, guys. You have a good day. Good hearing from you, Chris, Terry. Chris Winkie played baseball, too, right? Didn't he go yes, baseball? Yes, he did. Didn't he go baseball, Chris too? Chris Winkie, came, yeah, came back. Came came back to Florida State after playing. Yeah, Winkie football. was like a, like, like a decade older than his teammates. Yeah, he was like 27. And then still had an NFL career, right. despite the late start to mm-hmm. his uh, despite the late start to his football career. Yeah. Yep, 334-321-1390. That is the uh, Drive Hotline sponsored by Skybar. We'd love to get your thoughts on tonight's basketball game. Uh, your your thoughts to the news we just were talking about that was breaking right at the bottom of the hour. Ryan Williams, the uh, Sarah Land receiver who had reclassified from the class of 25 to 24 and had been committed to Alabama for a long time, decommitted a couple of weeks ago, recommitting today to the University of Alabama. Um, very, uh, I would say, very unlikely that he'll be making that 
uh, visit he had scheduled to Auburn for next weekend. He had canceled a visit to Texas yesterday. So it uh, looks like looks like Kalen DeBoer's first big win is re-recruiting and getting the commitment, the recommitment of Ryan Williams. Well, I, I would imagine that, um, assuming that that you knew Milrow wasn't going anywhere. Yeah, right? that's true. Because I would think keeping, but him, he was there. I'm saying keeping there, him there true. was that's big, true. no that's question. True. But Mil, yeah, Milrow had the Milrow had the option of the NFL or going somewhere else in college football. I would think that there was probably a discussion with DeBoer about keeping Milrow there. Oh, I for, would think for so. another season too. But but you're right. This this is a, a big get. Big recruiting battle, you know, that, that uh, as Jason said, it wasn't just Auburn. Texas and Georgia were starting to make their, uh, you know, make, make, make uh, their presence felt in the battle for Ryan Williams. And he's, uh, he's staying uh, closer to home, uh, the Sarah Land product, choosing Alabama on social media earlier today. 334-321-1390. Uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. Give us, uh, give us your thoughts on that or anything else. But uh, as we get closer to it again, you- we're, we're just... Did you feel, before we take the break, did you, you sort of felt like the Ryan Williams thing was always trending Alabama, right? You had that lurking, you had that lurking feeling. Why? Just because you've seen it happen too many times? Well, he'd been committed to Alabama for a long, long time. It's also down the Mobile area, which is, is, I mean, I know we talked about what a huge get it was to get Perry Thompson out of Foley, Uh, just just to be able to um, get players out of, of that part of the state is very difficult, but like we were talking about a while ago with, with Terry, I never felt that the fact that Ryan Williams Sr. attended Auburn for a short period of time was the was as big a factor as so many people. I think a lot of folks just went, Dad signed with Auburn, so that means that he grew up pulling for Auburn. I, I, I never I – never, uh, got that indication from anyone that that was the case. No, I think that the fact that that Auburn was an in-state school really prioritizing wide receiver with Hugh Freeze made me think that maybe they could make headway on Ryan Williams the way they had on two other players that, I mean, historically, let's be clear, right? Historically, Auburn doesn't get players like Perry Thompson. And historically, Auburn doesn't get players like Cam Coleman. Right? No, like, you're absolutely I, right. I mean, so, so to think that they could they could roll seven again and get Ryan Williams when they usually don't get players like that is a you know I, I could I could sort of understand, it. but no, I never thought. You know, we we've talked about it off the air, right, Bill? Like I I did not think that Ryan Williams senior status as a former Auburn player was going to be an an overarching was going to be the deciding no, factor. No, especially like he like how about this? I didn't think Ryan Junior was going to take a vastly inferior NIL deal from Auburn just because well, dad played there. What I saw, and that's not, that's not to say, I'm not saying No, Auburn's, I don't think Auburn's, Auburn's no, no, offer no, no. Was, was vastly I, I inferior. Think, I think but what, what, we I, heard, what we heard was competitive. Oh, from, yes. From every, I think like Auburn was very competitive. This was not going to be a financial decision from Ryan. No, but what, what I saw people comparing it to is going, you know, there's no way that Auburn was ever even a factor for a Dre Kilpatrick Jr., uh, and and so how is Alabama even a fact? Well, it's not the same. Drake Kirkpatrick uh, is a was a was, was 
uh, I'd say had a more storied career. Much, finished, much, much more. I believe came back and finished his degree. Yes. Like there's, it's a different, yeah. you know, has, has been a part of Alabama. No, it's, it's a different deal. And and that's, yeah, it's, it's not not quite the same thing there. I would say that would be, I'll tell you what, the Drake or Patrick Jr. comparison would be Bo Nix. Not not Ryan, true. not Ryan That's Williams, true. as far as like, as far as the you know the the attachment and and the, the feeling uh, within the family. But this is a uh, no. I mean, I, th- I thought that may- maybe Auburn could make it interesting because uh, they had made it interesting with other wide receivers that you. Well, I think they maybe, did make it more interesting it, it sounds, than yeah. than uh, than a lot of folks ever thought. No, that's that's, that's absolutely right. They, they made it interesting, but but ultimately, uh, Ryan Williams uh, choosing uh, choosing Alabama earlier today. Yep. All right, we will get to our final break. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll take a closer look at basketball, which is less than forty five minutes away. We'd love for you to join in when we come back here on. The Wednesday Drive. Big eating 